Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. Did you watch? Did you watch? Did you tune in? Did you find a way to watch the... Mayweather-McGregor scrimmage, if you will. Like an ex- exhibition football game kind of thing. And Floyd Mayweather winning the coveted money belt. Boy, was that cool. I, it's wonderful when they just arbitrarily make up a a belt. Because you have to give out a belt. You can't have a pay-per-view boxing spectacle without handing out something at the end. So they made up the money belt, and that's what money Mayweather won. And maybe you missed it. Maybe you saved the $100 and did not partake and you did not commit some kind of heinous criminal act by watching on Periscope, an illegal stream, or some Russian website, which is wrong, and you should not do that. You'll go to hell if you watch uh, the fight illegally. I'm told that's in the Bible, actually. If you watch a pay-per-view fight without paying for it, you'll go straight to hell, and you'll be you'll be burning up for the rest of uh, eternity. Uh, so... For those who are UFC aficionados, and I heard from a lot of people that are UFC aficionados that have told me that this is a very pleasing event, that, yeah, their guy did not win, but it was a quality loss by the notorious one, that it was a, a quality loss that Conor McGregor uh, was, was much better than anyone possibly suspected he would, would be in this particular fight. In fact, Conor McGregor himself, Right after the fight, 
uh, on Saturday night, said that he felt that the fight was close enough that it was stopped too soon. Those are the two words, too soon, that popped up that McGregor said. So I wanted to talk about that part of it. Uh, And the actual quote from McGregor, uh, do we have that? All right, let's go to the audio tape, as Warner Wolf would say. Let's hear from Conor McGregor. Was it too soon? I thought it was close, though, and I thought it was a little early of a stoppage. I get like that when I'm tired. I get a little wobbly and flowy. Get me into the corner and I'll recover and I'll come back. I'd like him to hit the floor. I'd like him to ref to, you know what I mean? There's a lot on the line here. He should have let, he should have let me keep going, I thought, but fair play. He's mumbling. I, I couldn't understand. But, but uh, listen, it, it, it was fun listening to him talk. But the, the, the quote that resonated with me right after the fight was he, he did say, hey, I was fatigued and all that, but he felt that it was too soon, that it was a little too soon and all that. So let's let's assume that that was not just being punch drunk by Conor McGregor, that that's his actual position on this. Does Conor McGregor have a point about the fight on Saturday night being stopped too soon? Uh, now, I watched the fight, and I didn't watch it illegally. I got invited to a party, and I uh, was there, and there was a bunch of other people that were all – it was a McGregor, mostly McGregor party, and I was quietly biting my tongue because I had picked Mayweather, so I didn't want any. You know, I was trying trying to keep a low profile at the party, uh, but absolutely not. Uh, my thoughts on this: the term that we often use in other sports, I feel like it applies now, and it it struck me late into the night when I was thinking about the events in the, the ring in Vegas. The term sandbagging. I felt that that's an appropriate term with this. You can obviously throw in the war of attrition out of juice, which is pretty clear, and not ready for boxing. Uh, and we'll walk you through this. But, hey, Floyd Mayweather pulling a fast one on the unsuspecting consumer of this particular event. Now, what do I mean by that? Uh, you had an amateur versus a beginner. And many people who are, are part of the McGregor clan are celebrating the fact that McGregor did very well early in the fight. And it going in, the, the common theme was what? This is a farce is what it is. This is a farce. And yet, in the first couple of rounds, Conor McGregor was much more aggressive and did pretty well in the first few rounds of this particular match. But in order to avoid... Here's my uh, my $10 take on this. It's worth $10. This is not a $2 take. This is not a $3 take. This is a $10 take. But in order to avoid complete sham scam status, Mayweather practiced the ancient art of sandbagging. Going back to ancient times in Egypt, they used to sandbag. Now, what do I mean in this context, the term sandbag? It appears that Floyd Mayweather attempted to keep the fight going and to give McGregor every edge he could in the early part of the fight as long as he could. Pretty much let McGregor do what he wanted in the first three or four rounds of the fight. He didn't really start boxing or counterpunching Conor McGregor until the middle part of the fight. Now, the evidence is the numbers. Conor McGregor had a 42 to 28 advantage in punches landed after four rounds of the fight. And then at that particular point, the light bulb went off or 
In the case of Floyd Mayweather, what did he do? He hit the the turbo button. He says, I'm going turbo, and uh, there he took off. And it was turbo-tastic for, uh, for Floyd Mayweather the rest of the fight. And it was a calculated beginning, right? Because after that, after that beginning where Conor McGregor had a 14-punch advantage in punches landed after four rounds, after that it was a blowout, not even close. It was plus almost 60 punches. I think it was actually 60 punches uh, right around that number after that point where Floyd Mayweather just obliterated Conor McGregor. And you can slice up the boxing uh, compu stat sheet all you want and break it down all this. But just watching the fight, you could tell what was going on there. And after three rounds, Floyd Mayweather did not, did not do all that much. Right? He, he did not. But after that, he just dominated. Dominated the rest of the fight. And he's like, all right, I've, I've had enough of this. Let's, let's get her done. And it's exactly what he did. And the second part of this, Conor McGregor was, we know he was not in boxing shape. The, the rumors turned out to be reality. And it, you know, it, it didn't matter. He wasn't going to win the fight. There's never a question of, well, he's going to win the fight. He, even early on, it was like, well, Mayweather's just kind of coasting along here. You figure at some point he's going to click it in. Uh, most of McGregor's fights were five minutes. The time of the ring. Mayweather let McGregor tire himself out. And you, what's the old phrase? You give somebody enough rope, they're going to hang themselves. That's essentially what happened here. And the, the notion that the fight was stopped too soon is completely ridiculous. Conor McGregor was, n- at that point in the 10th round, he was not defending himself. He was just kind of hanging out. He was a, a punching bag is what he was at that particular point. And you could literally watch him if you watch the pay-per-view fight or some kind of illegal stream, which you should not have done. You could watch Conor McGregor decaying in the ring. There was actual decay there. He had not thrown a punch in about a minute. I think it was a little longer than a minute. And his hands were not in a defensive posture. He was just accepting punches from Floyd Mayweather. And there was also a lot of, a lot of awkward positions that you don't normally see in a boxing match. <laughs> where it looked like they were cuddling, watching the moonlight. Uh, it was very awkward at several points there. And, and how bad was it? The final two rounds, according to CompuBox, Floyd Mayweather outlanded Conor McGregor 59-12 to 12 on power punches. And I, I, I'm telling you, that could have been the way it was the entire fight. There was some sandbagging going on by Floyd Mayweather. That could have been the fight. Could have ended in two rounds. And Floyd Mayweather came out, and instead, he's like, "I we gotta we gotta make sure this is not a total sham." So he came out, he just laid back, and he let McGregor connect on some punches. And then after that, he's like, "Okay, he's worn out now. Now I'll go for the kill here." And so the sandbagging, the last thing here, the sandbagging helped provide the illusion that Conor McGregor did really well. I didn't think he did really well. I, it was better than I expected, but Conor benefited from something that we all need to get in life. It really helps you out. Low expectations, the blessing of low expectations. There were no expectations that McGregor was going to do anything. The show business element certainly played a role in this. I mean, the 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 buildup, the hype, the buildup on this 
The over-under on how many punches Conor McGregor was supposed to land was 29 and a half. 29 and a half was the number. He cashed that in in the first couple rounds. You cashed that in. All right, it's Ben Maller's show on Fox, on Fox. And we will take your phone calls. You can, and we'll open the phone lines. Operators are standing by. Uh, if you have uh, one operator standing by. But if you figure out the number, you're welcome to join us. I forget the number. Yeah, I went, went away, for a, away for a couple days, so it's just kind of kind of happens. Uh, Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie is in the building. He's uh, right over there in the What's Trending office uh, at Thank Fox you. Sports Radio. And uh, the headline office, we, we changed it up. It looks different in there. It's vastly different. It's much hipper and cooler now. Absolutely true. Yes. Streamlined. Yep. It's it's just so much better. It's the so much better. People at iHeartMedia have spared no expense to freshen up. Like it's like a powder room getting a, a new look. You've gone down. We went down to to the local hardware store and we bought some lumber, and we brought and, yeah. and a a new mirror. It's much is, appreciated, and it'll even be you'll even hear it through my uh, reports. Really? At the bottom of the hour, especially, yeah. Well, I don't consider them reports. I, I think just, Oh, they're you know, reports. Are they reports? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I thought we'll just find out that we'll play the hits, you know. Yeah. But not the illegal hits like Vontez Perfect. <laughs> no, I, no. I, I got to tell you, I, am, I apparently am a, a, a heathen because I watched the Vontez Perfect hit. He's facing a five-game suspension. He's a linebacker for the Bengals. Game against the Chiefs. And- I thought, well, it's bad, but that's not a five game. I, this is a lifetime achievement award, it would appear. Like anything, yeah, he's perfect uh, does right. He he's not getting the benefit of the doubt, yeah. but apparently, I am uh, a, a Neanderthal as well because I felt that they did stop that fight uh, prematurely. I want to see a guy go down before you stop a fight. But there was no eight count. The rules of, of the fight, there was not going to be any count. There was no uh, the official the, the okay. referee just decided that's it, that's all. Yeah, I want to see a guy go down before you say, "Okay, I'm stopping it because he can't defend himself." Really? You yeah. wanted to see that? Absolutely. Okay. I, I But I do I, agree with most of your points. I would have liked to have seen Mayweather come out and fight like he did in the middle of the fight at the beginning of the fight. Well, I, the one thing that I would disagree with you, and I, I don't think it's semantics. You call it sandbagging. Yes. I, I think it's strategy. He was feeling out Conor McGregor because he is awkward coming from MMA. He wanted to kind of get a feel for a couple of rounds of what he was going to bring. I, I agree with your point, your overall point, that McGregor was never in had any chance of winning this fight. It was completely all Mayweather. But the first rounds that he won was because Floyd wasn't doing anything. But I, I don't think it was sandbagging. Oh, I, think, I think it was because Mayweather would have been killed. It would have been, it no, been, it I think been it ripped was, apart. I think it was part of his strategy to feel him out, to get a sense of what this guy had, which wasn't much. And then once yeah. he got a feel for him, then obviously he no, dominated I, I the I think Mayweather, way. he realized that this was going to look really bad on his career if he would have. it would have been a first-round knockout. Of Conor McGregor, and no. so he he sat back and he you know kind of sat there and waited no. and waited. Well, he did and, sit back, but I think that that was yeah. strategy. I don't think it was anything else than that. All right, we'll uh, we'll take some phone calls here, and uh, the whole boy, the lights kind of dimmed in the main studio. I don't know why that was. It just kind of dimmed. You think there's a ghost somewhere? The ghost of Fox Sports Radio Past is making an appearance here. It's very awkward. Well. Like I leave the lights pretty low, but I didn't. I don't leave them off completely, and they just kind of dimmed out, which is which is odd. I'm sure that that'll be fixed right away. 
We'll get. Oh, look, they just. So, did you see that? They just turned back on. Well, you can't see that. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Last year, of all the people that called the show, this guy was number one. We welcome in Real Talk, who's on the Ben Maller Show on Fox. Boom, 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 boom. Hey, it's Real Talk in the house. What's the Real Talk for that? Bring it in. He's, yeah, he's bringing it in. He's bringing it in. Yeah. Oh, Ben Maller. Back to work. Look who came back to work with your black ass. Good for you, Ben. Look at that. I don't know. Decide to leave work and make a little money. Put a little money in your pocket. I don't know what you're talking about. I was on hiatus. It was a brief sabbatical, but we are back for a full week of radio programming. Excellent. Excellent. Hey, Ben, before I start talking about the McGregor fight, there's something you should know. I want you to know, you probably don't know, what was the number one downloaded song last week? I'll let you know. A lady by the name of Bonnie Tyler, totally clips of the heart, Ben. Number one downloaded number song one. I, I can't imagine why that would be the number one song. I just, well, no. people think it's because yeah. there was an eclipse last week, but I think it's because when me and Eddie sung that particular song, it finally got enough buzz that people got attracted to it and yeah. downloaded it to know what we're talking well, about. Well, you know, the, the word I'll use is intoxicating when you and Eddie performed. And there was a <laughs> delayed reaction. Uh-huh. It, it was so appealing that it took many months, but finally people came around <laughs> to it and they said, we must have this song. So I think you guys should get a cut of the money. Well, yes, I agree with that. I, oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you, think, if you think that version was good, wait till I call sometime this week. Because I'm going to cash in my next karaoke ticket, and me and Eddie are going to do it all over again. All right. That's very exciting. What? That'll be a ratings winner, Eddie. Automatica. (laughs) All the memories. Ladies and gentlemen, Eddie Garcia. Scattered pictures (laughs) of the smiles we left behind. My God, that was good. It was like a supernova that night on radio. It really was. It's, we we changed everything. Good. Yeah, dude, it's just as good now as it was back then. It was awesome. Yo, that in regards to Conor McGregor, yo, Homeboy was tapped out by like the seven six rock. He couldn't even keep his arms up half the time. And Mayweather was just like picking and choosing his head, dude. So I don't know what they're talking about. Conor McGregor is going to keep fighting. I mean, he might fight that dude who trained him that that he beat up. Oh, like, Polly. They, they take. Yeah. No, yeah, that guy yeah they annoying. might try to step that fight. Yeah, uh, it's just the the draw was the the freak show element of Mayweather McGregor. There's no freak show element with anybody else. There's none. Yeah, probably not. I can't think of it. Not Pacquiao. There's no freak show with that. There's nothing. Oh, I like. I, I'd like to see May. I like to see uh, McGregor and, and Justin Cooper in the ring one time. I think Justin oh, could, could really great. put it on him. Otherworldly, Coop. Would you do that? Would you get in the ring? Would you? Oh, absolutely. Which caller would you yeah. like? Which, which caller would you like to fight, Coop? If there's any of the regular callers to the show, which one would you like to get into a ring with and just have a throwdown, a bloodbath, a battle royale, a Donnybrook? You know, Ben. I love all the callers. Oh, that's a lie. Coop, I mean, Coop a, trashes all of them. All. That is. Yeah, come on. Coop. Well, I, I don't know about I don't know about who Justin Cooper would fight, but I wouldn't mind fighting Cam because I'd love to give her some shots to the face. Oh, <laughs> all right, get out of here, out there, you. There he goes. Uh, real talk. Where he goes, no one knows. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific 
on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled. And we begin a new week, and our boy, I'm excited about this. Free reign on Maller to the third degree. We bring in the Coop Dalup. The Yankees are holding on to the top wild card spot in the AL, but their rookie phenom still hasn't rediscovered his first half magic. Since the All-Star break, Aaron Judge is hitting under 200 with nearly 36% strikeout rate. Wow. Ben, do you think that Judge needs to regain his form for the Yankees to make noise in the playoffs? Yeah, It would be nice, but it's not required. I'm going to go no on this, and I'll tell you why. Number one, when he's not throwing sucker punches – Gary Sanchez has played the Aaron Judge role for the Bronx Bombers. And Gary Sanchez is the one that has carried the Yankees offense on his back. I know he's got the the fallout from what happened in Detroit now on his resume, but Gary Sanchez has been the real deal. So even with Aaron Judge not getting the job done since the All-Star game, it does not matter per se because the roles have, have changed. And number two, Aaron Judge has become an enigma for the Yankees, right? Who is the real Aaron Judge? Is he more Adam Dunn? Is he more Giancarlo Stanton? Is he somewhere in the middle? He appears to be a chameleon at this point because Judge went from the front page of the tabloids in New York as the triple crown leader for the Yankees. He's now a human fan that is like a fan you'd get at Walmart this time of the year. And he's been that way for a couple of months. So who is the real Aaron Judge? Now, it would be easier for the Yankees down the line in the postseason, but the Yankees can win without Aaron Judge. It just would be a whole of a hell of a lot easier if he was actually halfway decent. Next! Now, there have been a lot of big-name players traded away in the uh, NBA offseason, Ben. Yeah. Kyrie Irving, Isaiah Thomas, Paul George, Chris Paul, Jimmy Butler, just to name a few. However, the guy that we all expected to get traded a long time ago, Carmelo Anthony, is still calling Madison Square Garden his home. Ben, is Carmelo and Nick when the season starts? Well, there's a 100% chance at this moment that Carmelo Anthony is going to report to training camp in Westchester, I believe the Knicks still have training camp in Westchester. That that's where Melo's going to be uh, at the beginning of the basketball season. Here's why: a, the business of basketball is on a timeout. It's this is the the dormant period of the year. Typically, that's why it was so surprising that you had the Kyrie Irving trade, which could or could not be hold, held up because of Isaiah Thomas's injury, but. It's very rare that a lot of big moves happen. Typically, it's a dormant period on the calendar, so there's not a lot of activity. And B, Carmelo is not going to go to the Cavaliers. He's not going to go to the Celtics. So at this point, it is more probable than not that Melo and the misadventures of Carmelo Anthony is going to be what we like to call midseason trade bait, that the Knicks will begin the year, they'll get off to the typical lousy start, and then they'll reevaluate things and they'll try to break down the will of Carmelo Anthony to get him to waive his no trade clause. Because of that no trade clause, Melo's the one that has the leverage. And if the smart play for Carmelo Anthony would be to wait till the regular season begins and feel out teams, wait for somebody to get hurt, 
which likely will happen, one of the star players, possibly at his position. And you can, as a good poker player, end up in a much better situation. Much better situation. And not just the Rockets, but who knows? Maybe somebody on Golden State gets hurt and they decide they need Carmelo Anthony. Next! All right, real quickly on this one, Ben. As some listeners may know, we have a sheet of paper here in the studio that every NFL season asks for our predictions, including an out-on-a-limb pick. Now, this year, my out-on-a-limb prediction is that all the teams in the NFC South will finish above 500. How do you feel about that prediction? Yeah, I'm not going to go down that road here. I don't buy it. First of all, the the problem with that prediction is a lot to do with the Bucs. Jameis Winston has been inconsistent. I know he looks great on hard knocks and it's helping his Q rating, but I'm a skeptic. He needs Jameis Winston to have a complete season. I haven't seen it. You know, he, he'll play a couple of good games and then take a couple of steps back. He's got a lot of Ryan Tannehill tendencies where he's inconsistent. And secondly, New Orleans looks like a seven or eight win team. So for everyone to have a winning record, you're going to need the New Orleans Saints to finish above 500. And there are gaping holes on defense that I'm not convinced have been filled with the offseason addition. And, and typically the war of attrition takes over, where in this division, the NFC South, you know, Cam Newton, could he's already hurt. He could get hurt again during the regular season. And then you've got Derek Anderson as your quarterback, and Carolina ain't going to win nine games if that happens. So I'm going to go no on this. There it is, Mallard of the third degree. How did we do? Then you pass this edition. That's a winner! <laughs> Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Hey, you sports figure guy or girl. Who the hell are you talking to, son? Here's some instant advice. Hold that thought. No one's paid attention to me for 10 whole seconds. And if you don't like it, you. And away we go. It is time now for the instant advice line unscreen radio. On the Ben Maller Show. Now, who needs our advice? There's so many options that we could go with. We could go with pitchers on how to get Giancarlo Stanton out. We could give advice to the Boston Celtics on how to answer the apparent demands of Cleveland for more compensation to get the Kyrie Irving trade completed. But instead, we thought we'd have some fun since the theme of the show has mostly been about the fight over the weekend. Your advice to Conor McGregor on what he should do next. A little career advice. You're the career advisor. Conor McGregor has just made a bunch of money. He also lost against Floyd Mayweather. What does he do? What's your advice here? Give your knowledge. Give your wisdom. And let's find out the community sentiment on Conor McGregor. And you're live on the air when you hear my voice. And let's go to the phones right now. And line one, you are on the air. Line one, go. Uh, yes, Ben. I would look him square in the eye and say, You hang up on yourself, Ben Maher! You hang up on yourself, Ben Maher! Yeah. He didn't even know what it was about. He just he just like went with it. I like that. Uh, line two, you are next. We are giving advice to Connor McGregor on what to do next in the present day. John 316. Oh, yes. Jesus. I'm sure he will read the Bible a lot. He strikes me as a very religious man. Line three. Hello, line three. We're giving advice to Connor McGregor on what to do next. Uh, don't choke on your meat because you'll jerk yourself away. Yeah, thank you for that. Line four. Hello, line four. No, I'm not going to choke on my meat. Okay, thank you. Line four, your advice, please, to Connor McGregor. 
No production, no condom, more production. All right, no condom. Carl giving some life tips there. Hello, you, sir. You're next. Your advice to Connor McGregor on what to do next. Connor needs to retire like Peyton Manning because Peyton's the best ever. Oh, sure, yes, I know. You know who's all excited? That guy in Nashville. It's no longer listening because he's upset with us. Danny in Nashville, that was for that guy. Line one, hello, line one. We're giving advice to Connor McGregor on what to do next. It's a turning. He needs to go all in with Tammy in Montana. Oh, is that Jason in Windsor? He's hey, where back. Where are the white women at? All right, thank you, Jason. That's good to hear his voice. It's been a while. Nice. So we, the uh, the hearing still works over here. We still hear him. Line two. Hello, line two. We're giving advice to the notorious one on what to do next after he lost his. Essentially, exhibition fight with Floyd Mayweather. We don't want no Connors in the house. We want Floyd. All right, thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> line three. Hello, line three. Advice. Always unpredictable, this segment. The instant advice line on the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. We're giving advice, please, to Connor McGregor on what to do next. We're going to turn you into a Mexican. All right, thank you for that. Line four. Hello, line Racist. four. Racist. Mark 3-6. Oh, all right. I like it. Thank you, Jesus! The Bible verse guy is changing up the verses like we requested. I like that. That's just not John 3-16 every time. He's kind of going through the Bible. He's like, all right, let me highlight that. Let me put that on here. Line six. Hello, line six. We're giving advice to Connor McGregor on what to do next. What up, Ben? This is Kenny in Spokane. I would tell him to listen to the future podcast of Benny and the Weed Man. Yeah. Oh, that'll be a big, big one. How many downloads would that be? I should do a podcast with Weed Man just to say I've done it. And then when three people listen, uh, then I will say three people listen, and I'll give the numbers. Line one, you are next. We're going through the phones. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio's Instant Advice Line for Connor McGregor on what to do next year. Uh, he needs to read uh, Mary 420, man. All right, thank you. Sounds like you've mastered that. Line two. Hello, line two. More lucky charms, me mate. Line three, you're next. Advice to Connor McGregor. Hey, what's up? Hey, I just want to. Line four, your advice to Connor McGregor. Ben, is Cooperloop going to go off on Doug Gottlieb? Uh, yes, uh, I'm sure he will. Yes. Lines, I don't know why. Line six, hello. Uh, yes, Ben, I would tell Conor McGregor to demand a rematch, and this time he would win by using the Maller Maneuver. <laughs> he would have won. You're right. The Maller Maneuver should have been used in that seventh round or maybe the ninth round, but he waited till the tenth round. Did not uh, did not last. Line one. Hello, line one. Take down all those statues in Canton. I'm offended. Yeah, I am also. I'm uh, bothered by it. No need for those statues, those old football players. Line two. Hello, line two. Yeah, Connor, never take advice from Ben Mallard or you'll look like his favorite teams. Just look at them. They're uh, terrible. Uh, his best record in baseball. Look, I, may I reference the MLB standings? 91 wins for the Los Angeles Dodgers. 91. The next closest team has 79. Do the math, stupid. Line three. Hello. Yes, uh, he needs to go on vacation and wear a banana hammock. All right. Yeah, who doesn't? Okay, we'll do one more and only one more. If it's good, I'll take credit. If not, I'll blame the coup de loop. And the last call on the instant advice line for Conor McGregor. Line six. 
Line six, your advice, please, to Mr. McGregor on what to do now that he is done boxing Floyd Mayweather. Let me hold some of that money. Okay, there it is. I didn't understand that, but there it is, the instant advice line. He said, let me hold some of that money. Oh, hold some of that. Yeah, of course. I want to borrow some of that money and not have to pay it back, which I guess is not really borrowing it. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We had a gaggle of big-name NFL players that went down on the canvas in week number three of practice football games, but one name stood out above the rest. And no, it's not a quarterback. It's not a quarterback. We're talking about a receiver, Julian Edelman of the New England Patriots. Uh, over the, uh, the exhibition activities, it was revealed via an MRI, confirmed that Julian Edelman has a complete ACL tear gone, shredded in his right knee, and so he is gone. He He's out. So let's talk about this. The injury means that the Patriots will play the regular season, the postseason of 2017, without their top pass catcher. Edelman's out. So the question. How big a blow is this? Knowing the numbers that Edelman's put up, how big a blow is this injury to Julian Edelman for the Patriots, really? Now, I thought this would be the perfect time to pull out the patented Maller scale of panic. One to ten, with ten being the nuclear fallout option. I'm going to go low on this. I'm going to go really low. And keep in mind, I'm a guy that picked Edelman just about every week in the NFL pick him that we do. I'm going to go a three. I'm only going to go a three on the Maller scale of panic. There's a couple things here. Comfort food, timing is very important. Timing matters. And then you fall into Bill Belichick cliche mode. Next man up, do your job, all of that. All of that. So I'll walk you through this. I'll tell you why. Now, we'll begin with the fact that there is no debating no good debate how valuable Edelman has been to the Patriots. Right, last season, he had 158 targets. He, he was Tom Brady's blanket. When things got tough, and it didn't happen that often for the Patriots, but when they did need a little extra, Tom Brady always had comfort food with Edelman in the slot. And in those situations, third down, Patriots need to get that first down to move the chains. Tom Brady targeted Julian Edelman 38 times on third down. Now, what does that mean? Put that in some context. That is more than the next three Patriots in that situation combined. So third down, you go to Edelman. That, that's been the move the last couple of years, certainly last year more than ever for Tom Brady. So you say the Patriots are screwed, right? Screwed without having this difference maker in Edelman. And I would argue not so fast because the timing matters, and this would have been much more crippling had it happened in week five or week seven or week nine. But New England, we know they haven't played a meaningful game yet, and so they have plenty of time to adjust. I know the season's going to start in a little over a week, but they have time to adjust. Furthermore, Bill Belichick has repeated the mantra 
of next man up and do your job over and over. We know that injuries are a fact of life. We've heard it over and over again as well, 100% injury rate in the league, as they claim. And so Bill Belichick now, those catchphrases of next man up and do your job, are they going to be tested? Yes, absolutely. But the cupboards are not bare, and Tom Brady has a pretty good insurance policy, at least until he gets hurt, in Danny Amendola. And you've also got Brandon Cooks, who's now a Patriot. We've seen him with some highlight plays in the exhibition season. Chris Hogan's going to get a bigger role. Malcolm Mitchell, assuming his health is there. All those guys are going to move up a notch with Edelman being out for the year. And Bill Belichick, you know, he went out and got Brandon Cooks. That was the crown jewel of the Patriots offseason. And this is a chance to shine even more. So the minions around Bill Belichick are going to have to cook up an offensive game plan on third down for Tom Brady without Edelman. But it's not impossible. There are other players that can catch the ball on third down, and I would think you're going to see more running backs uh, in the mix on third down playing the slot. Uh, You'll also see some of the other guys on that roster who are not the big names like Gronkowski or Brandon Cooks, players like Dwayne Allen, Deion Lewis, who's going to get a bigger look. And keep an eye on Rex Burkhead for the Patriots, who came over from Cincinnati as a potential slot receiver on third down. So the last thing on this, depending how all of this goes, Julian Edelman might never play for the Patriots again. There's a lot of assumptions that are being made. There's an assumption that Edelman's going to come back and be healthy and the Patriots are going to want him back next year. But if you know how New England has operated, Bill Belichick is as heartless as it gets when it comes to roster decisions. Does Tom Brady have a BFF-type relationship with Edelman? Absolutely. Absolutely. But is there room for sentimentality in Foxborough? It doesn't seem to be a lot of room for that. And the reality is an often cold reality when you talk about the Patriots here, turning 32 – is what Edelman will do by the time the next NFL season comes around. He's 31 now. His birthday, I believe, is in May. So he'll be 32 by the time that next offseason rolls through. And you're at that age. It's just not an expiration date as a wide receiver. But if you're 32 coming off an ACL injury, you are then on the watch list to be kicked off the island in Foxborough. Right? And he, he's got no more money on his contract after this year that is guaranteed money, which means the Patriots can kick him away and toss him into the toilet and flush the toilet and move on. They can say, Arrivederci to Julian Edelman. Thank you for your service. We'll bring it back. We'll put you in the Patriots Hall of Fame. We'll give you one of those bright red ugly jackets, and you'll be good. We'll be good, and that's it. Some of the worry warts that have been like, oh my God, the Patriots are gonna they're gonna lose, you know, all these games now because Edelman's not not gonna participate. They're still in a division with the Miami bleeping Dolphins and Jay Cutler, and you've got the Jets and Buffalo. And speaking of Buffalo, now they, they lost two quarterbacks to the concussion boogeyman, the concussion protocol. The great T.J. Yates and Tyrod Taylor down for the count, and that means someone named Nate Peterman is the only healthy quarterback available for the football team in Buffalo. 
Here we go, Buffalo. Here we go. So you got the Bills with their issues. You got the New York football Jets who are, they've got their own debacle. We knew that before, even though some of their guys have gone down with injury. If you are the Buffalo Bills, depending on how this Tyrod Taylor injury is, do you go in full-on, over-the-top tank mode? They've, they've already, I, didn't, I didn't think they would, they would do that because, hey, why not? You're, the Bills have typically been around the same level. They're competitive, but not really. That's been the Buffalo Bills for the better part of the last couple of years. They hang around in games. They win a few games here and there. They should not, but they're not a real threat, legitimate threat to do anything as far as the playoffs are concerned. But if let's say Tyrod Taylor's going to miss a couple of games at the start of the year and the snowball effect goes down, at what point is it, at what point is it where this, this new coach, Sean McDermott, the, apparently he's the coach of the Bills, uh, and uh, the other people circle the wagons there in Buffalo, and they're like, okay, now we have to do everything in our power to stink. we got to sign a terrible quarterback like somebody like Colin Kaepernick who sucks and just try to lose a bunch of games, as many games as we can. And, uh, of course, the, the argument against that is even when they're trying in Buffalo, uh, they still end up losing a bunch of games. All right, it's Ben Maller's show on Fox. Get your thoughts on all that. Lines are open. Got a couple of lines open for you. And as we like to say around here, the operators are standing by. You can be part of the festivities. You know the number. And Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie Garcia is right right over there. And now we're back to agreeing again. Damn. It was fun while it lasted. Well, you were wrong in your one disagreement. Well, you were just trying to test it out. You were trying to see what it was like to disagree. No, I know what it's while. like. To, I know what it's like to disagree. I mean, come on. Well, it's been a while. It's been the the weekend and all that, and you were watching high school football this weekend, which I know is very compelling. I I really love high school football. I'm sorry you yeah. don't, but uh, eh, I liked it when I played. You know, I like I love going to games every Friday. I really, really? Do. I'm happy to, that the games are back, and that also gets me. Uh, but you have like ready for the NFL. Now, do you have a, a relative playing? Or I do. You, okay, I do. but if you didn't have a relative, would you go? Uh, maybe. Be a little creepy. Creepy, wouldn't it? Be a little creepy, you know? Creepy? Why? Yeah, I mean, if you don't have it, like, it's for family and, like, students, high school football. Don't uh, you think it'd be a little awkward? I don't I don't think creepy is the, is the word. Well, I how many, know. what percentage of people that go to high school games have no skin I, I in think, the game? I don't know, maybe 20%. Oh, I don't think it's that. I think a lot of people in, in certain communities, it's a really big deal. Yeah, Ben, what if you live in an oil town? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about around, around these parts. I'm talking about where we where we're based. I mean, it's L.A. is obviously a big city, but it's made up of a lot of a lot of smaller places and smaller yeah. communities. I, I I would say less than two percent of people in this area go to what high school is football. what does this area mean? Yeah, the, uh, the, the Southern California area where we I are, I, can, where I we live no. You say no. Of course you're going to say no. Well, I go gonna... to the games. Yeah, I... but you have a relative still. But uh, if if the relative wasn't playing, I, I would say it's a little creepy. I disagree. Well, your, hey, I, look, I disagree with you. There we go. Here we go. Of, back, back to being point. on the other side. Coop, of the Koopa fence. Loop. Do you ever get the Jones uh, to go to a high school football game where you have no relative on the team uh, or in the game, and you did not go to the really? High school? You're going to ask Coop? Yeah, he's a young guy. He's a millennial. Ben, I consider myself a student of the game. Yes, and you <laughs> yeah. know, I like to see who the major prospects are sure. going into the college ranks. 
No, absolutely not. Ben, he doesn't even watch college. He doesn't even watch college football. He's all about the NFL. Ah, like a Friday night, Friday night lights, Coop. You know, go see a high school football a good game. Good TV show. Yeah. Uh, Dan- we got two major college programs. Right, When's you. the last time Coop went to a USC or UCLA game? Yeah, I, I, went to one. Yes. Like I don't know. Exactly. Four, four, four or five years ago. Yeah, USC's got the guy that could be the number one pick in the draft, playing every week, every Saturday. All right, Danny G, you got no relative on either high school team. You didn't go to the high school. Would you go to a high school game? Just to randomly go to a high school game? No. No. All right. You're wrong, Eddie. Oh, three against uh, you. You lose. But no. if it was my school, I would go, though. Yeah, if it's your old school, yeah. well, sure. What if you put roots in a community nah. that was I'm hold on, I'm not talking to you. What if you put roots in a community and that the local high school, you know, there was a big deal. You had maybe not relatives, but friends of of uh yours, their kids play things like that. You wouldn't you wouldn't go? Uh if there was a pizza party after the game <laughs> with video games, <laughs> the arcade, pole position. Pole position. What about Tron? <laughs> you have Tron there? No Tron? All right. That's the Ben Maller Show. Uh, we'll take your phone calls. Uh, Eddie's getting frustrated. No, I'm, I'm not frustrated. You're wrong on this. I'm not. Lost. You guys are That's just. Uh, not at all. Look, I've had, I have a nephew that, that plays football, and I couldn't stand being at his game. So I'm, <laughs> if, I don't, if I'm not related to anybody on either yeah. team. Why not? Don't you like football? Yes. Not that kind of football. It's what is that kind of football? Not mean? amateur football. Yeah. yeah. Huh? I mean, it's That's like amateur football. Yeah. You'd admit, Eddie, it's not. I mean, there's better football than that. You'd admit that. Well, it's not the NFL, but what is? I mean, yeah. I mean, there's other things you can. I I really enjoy it. Netflix. So I'll I'll go. You guys uh, do whatever you want to do. Okay. You you have a good time. I will. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.